Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, you are in for a treat as Tom and I have a special guest with us. That's right. Dan Stroyfurt, founder and president of ADSB Exchange, is here to chat with us about everything flight tracking. As the world's largest public source of unfiltered flight data, we're excited to get under the skin of this interesting platform and find out just what flight tracking can do for aviation now and in the future. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And Dan, it's great to have you with us today. Yeah, great, great to be here, Thomas. Um, I was wondering if you could just, um, at the start for us, who may not be fully aware of ADSB Exchange, can you give us a little insight on what it is you do, how it works, and where it came from? Sure, sure. Well, uh, this basically started as a little bit of a, a hobby project back in 2016. Um, you know, flight tracking was was becoming more popular, and sort of with the advent of uh, you know the availability of some electronics like mm. the Raspberry Pi and software-defined radio there were folks interested in receiving these signals. And so, uh, I, you know, basically I created this website that, that consolidated these signals from different sources and, and, you know, plotted all the planes on a map. And, you know, I just kind of put it out there like, Hey, anybody wants to send their, their data in, we'll, we'll aggregate it and put it on one big map and then we can all share our data. Just kind of, just kind of developed from there. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it became a, a large, uh, a pretty big network, honestly. Um, and, uh, and so really ADSB exchange, uh, tries to answer the question of, you know, it's really geared more towards the aviation enthusiast and hobbyist and, 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 you know, it has professional uses as well, but, but, you know, as far as consumer type visitors, those are, um, more of the type of people that, that, that come here, they want to see what's in the sky, what's going on rather than, you know, answering the question, you know, is grandma's flight on time from New York to <laughs> Chicago? Um, so it's a little bit different than some of the other sites. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, how ADSB is different from, um, for example, we work with Flight Radar 24 quite a lot um, to look sure. at, you know, flight paths and whether they departed on time, like you say, things like that. What is it that makes you guys different to this? So we're, we're a little bit different in that we we don't uh, have contractual relationships with uh, some of the air traffic control uh, air traffic control agencies in the various countries. Uh, for example, you know the FAA here in the U.S. has a, what they call a swim a swim feed, and, and you know they give you a feed of the, ra- of the radar data. Um, if you sign up for that, that basically means there are certain planes you need to block and not share and, and things like that. Um, it is a good source of data, but, but you do have to agree to that, that blocking and, and sort of thing like that. Now, we just received the signals simply over the air. They're being broadcast unencrypted and, and they come in and we plot the planes as we receive them. So it's, it's a little bit different in, in that regard. We also have a lot of uh, extra data that, you know, some of these other sites either don't offer or hide behind paywalls, mm-hmm. um, you know, data about, you know, uh, autopilot modes and things like that. Anything the plane's broadcasting really. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Flight Radar 24 is a, is a great site, we're just a little bit different and geared towards a slightly different audience. I mean, we're probably, even more niche, so to speak, than than, than they are. <laughs> mm. 
So, I mean, we've established from that that you can track pretty much any plane in the sky is blocked or not. And, you know, I've noticed that um, if you need to find out where Air Force One is, for example, this is the place to go. Um, sort of sticking to the idea of Air Force One, does this pose a security risk to military operators or owners of private jets? Well, uh, you know, talking about the military operators in the, in the government aircraft, you know, the only reason we're able to see their locations is because they are broadcasting with their transponder. So if they're going to go into a situation where there might be some danger or, you know, uh, a military operation, they can always turn their transponders off. And in fact, they, they, they pretty much do. For, for example, right now, if you look at our site over Ukraine is a big empty hole. <laughs> and it's not because there's nothing flying there. It's because the stuff that is flying there generally doesn't want to advertise uh, mm -hmm. its, its position. So, so that, that, that can certainly be done for the, you know, for the, for the government aircraft, um, you know, for the, for the, the private jet stuff. I mean, you know, the information is out there. It's being broadcast in the open. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, sort of as if you're on a public street and somebody sees you go by. I mean, it just kind of, mm. it just kind of is what it is. I mean, we're, we're not, uh, you know, we're not after trying to be paparazzi or anything, but it's just <laughs> is one aspect of the data that's out there. And there are certain programs, uh, you know, I, I know in the U.S. there are certain programs where they can do certain things to try to mask their identity. Um, mm. So th there are pr some provisions for that in the law. Mm, so there are ways around it. And, you know, I, I remember an interesting story we had back that featured you guys um, uh, back a couple of months ago. Um, there was a college student that had developed a, a bot that tracked Elon Musk's jet and automatically posted updates to Twitter <laughs> to let people know where it was. Obviously, there was no guarantee that Musk was on board, but, it, you know, the, it turned out that he wasn't entirely happy about this. And uh, it was it was quite a popular story on Simple Flying, actually. Um, mm. But, you know, does this sort of thing happen a lot? Is it quite easy to set up these sort of interfaces to track specific jets? Um, yeah, well, once you're receiving the signal, every plane broadcasts what is generally called a unique hex code. So it's a six digit hexadecimal number. And hmm. that is typically tied to the registration numbers of the aircraft. So if you can pick it up and and you know link that hex code to a particular registration, then then yeah, I mean it's just a matter of setting up some you know some basic electronics. Um, you know, I mean if you have a, a Raspberry Pi or a computer like that, you can you know add a software defined radio for you know like forty dollars and, and 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 track all this stuff. So it's mm -hmm. nothing that we're sharing that isn't already publicly available. Mm -hmm. um, I guess to. To, to sort of answer your question. But, you know, the purpose of our site isn't necessarily to be a paparazzi or anything like that. <laughs> of course. I mean, some people, uh, you know, uh, some people might use the data that way, but it's not the, the, the overall intention is, you know, around aviation, things like that. Mm -hmm. mm. So, I mean, um, you know, as well as tracking planes that don't want to be tracked, you guys are also um, incredibly useful at tracking the stuff that does want to say um, where I am. One of the big challenges that's coming up is um, sort of with EV toll aircraft and small flying vehicles, how they're going to integrate around each other and around existing air traffic in the skies. Um, how could ADSB Exchange help with that? Uh, well, we are working with uh, some customers who are in that space, uh, you know, both both manned and unmanned. And uh, they, uh, you know, we have a very complete data set. You know, we, we gather signals from transponders every, you know, down to every half a second now. 
And we mm-hmm. can, you know, for, for the commercial customers, we can send that data to them in bulk and they can load it into their, you know, geospatial systems and analyze flight paths and, mm-hmm. and use it for all that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they end up surfacing, you know, uh, you know, say co- common paths for helicopters or other low flying planes that might interfere with this. And I know they use it to, you know, try to, to coordinate, you know, what a good flight path might be for their operations, things like that. Um, so, so yeah, that is useful. And, and we do have uh, data for that. Now, depending on the size of the drone, at least over here in the U.S., the FAA has dictated that, that you know, the smaller drones do not have ADS-B out, I think, because they don't want to clutter up the scopes. Mm-hmm. So perhaps there'll be another technology for the smaller drones. I mean, if you have a larger drone that's interacting with ATC, then, then they do want it to broadcast ADS-B. Uh, right. So it might end up being a different protocol for the smaller ones, but that really hasn't been sort of fleshed out yet. Mm. It's going to be an interesting challenge to see. And uh, we've heard, heard lots about kind of flight paths as well. Um, I was with uh, Tony Douglas of had the other day, and he was explaining how the routes that we take today, you know, these pathways in the sky are very much, um, they were designed kind of 50 years ago when planes had to stop mm. multiple times and they're not really fit for purpose anymore. Um, I guess with all the information you guys are gathering, there's a possibility to integrate some sort of AI or machine learning to better optimize the way that we do use airspace, right? Yeah, um, that is certainly a possibility. I mean, I know that, you know, for example, I believe they changed the North Atlantic tracks just recently to be a, a lot more flexible uh, with the mm. with the transatlantic flights. Uh, you know, for that very reason. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there are definitely a lot of applications that you, I mean, you could take this data and apply AI to it, and and all sorts of things like that to to optimize flight paths. You know, there's a ton of things you can do with this data. I mean, right now we're we're uh, you know we're a very small company. We're focused on you know mainly collecting the data and and you know number one making it available to the hobbyists and the folks that share it, and then you know number two just you know collecting and indexing and aggregating it to a point that it's useful for someone to mm-hmm. load into a system like that. Um, you know, we don't have any AI uh, people on staff, but but I think that could certainly be a, a great usage for our data yes yes and i mean joe briefly touched on sustainability there um but i'm gonna dial down a bit more mm-hmm. um you know we know airlines have been experimenting with more direct flight paths continuous descents um how can adsb data be used to make aviation greener in the future um well yeah i mean you know kind of like what you said uh, you know continuous descents and and, and things like that i i you know, I suppose you could take this data and, you know, load it into some analysis tools and figure out where there are inefficiencies in the current routings, uh, you know, in the, in the current descent paths, things like that. We, we have we have quite accurate data. In fact, you know, from a from a consumer perspective, if you want to load load up a Google Earth and show, you know, flight paths and stuff, you can certainly do that on the site. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as, is optimizing flight paths and whatnot, I would say, you know, the data is there, so it could be loaded into a system and run through some algorithms to determine if there's, uh, you know, further optimizations. I'm sure there could be, I, I do know that, you know, it certainly doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily use our site, but I know the FAA is doing some things with, uh, you know, aircraft in trail 
and applications like that for at, at busy airports. I think they're piloting something at uh, San Francisco, for example, with the parallel runways where they can, you know, and I'm not an expert in this exactly, but, but I, I believe the, the concept is, you know, in the cockpit, they can actually look at the, the, the plane that they're following and, and maintain a set distance behind that plane. Uh, mm. using the ADSB data because it is accurate and updated so often. Uh, so with that, you know, doing things like that, they can get more planes onto the runways uh, in, in, in the same amount of time. And, uh, you know, a lot of optimizations like that. So, mm. so yeah, it could be used for that. Sure. That's fascinating. I, I'm loving hearing all about this. And of course, for our, our listeners, if you want to check out ADSB Exchange, um, it's adsbexchange.com. And am I right in saying there's no subscription to pay? There's no um, paywall blocking any of the information for your users? Yeah, that's correct. There's no uh, paywall that, that that blocks anything. There are a couple of ad banners up there so that we can pay the bills and and mm. you know pay for the servers and things like that, which uh, can get can get quite pricey. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and if, if you want to get rid of those, you can subscribe and and you know mm. send us a couple bucks a month and and you know get, eliminate the ads. But other than the ads, yeah, no, there's nothing is is blocked or or stripped out there. You know, we we show everybody the the same fields. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're always looking for folks to, uh, you know, if you're into electronics, if you're into radio frequencies to, to put up receivers and, and send us data that, that we can, you know, share with with the world. And, you know, certainly, you know, we've got good coverage in, in North America, Western Europe, but, uh, you know, we, we definitely, you know, we need feeders everywhere. But outside of that, I mean, if you're if you're in an out of the way place, if you're in, you know, the middle of Africa or, or, or some other low population density location, you know, get, get in touch with us. We might be able to, to uh, you know, get you some some equipment or things like that to, to help reception out there. That's incredible. Yeah. So how many people are feeding into the system right now? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So as of right now, it's 8,500 approximate receivers that we have uh, worldwide. Cool. And about 50% of those are in the U.S. Um, and the other 50% are spread out all over, you know, kind of like I said, mostly uh, Western Europe. Uh, it's very popular, very popular in, in the U.K. Mm -hmm. Um so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really all over. Uh, I mean, we have, um, uh, you know, we've, we've got receivers in Asia, Australia, you know, you name it, we generally have a receiver there, but, you know, like I said, the, the kind of the out of the way places, um, are, are, um, more challenging for receivers. So we're really looking to build up our coverage in areas like that as well. Mm. Well, we have a, a large fan base in India, don't we, Tom? So uh, maybe yeah. you'll get some uh, sign-ups from that part of the world that can help with the coverage over there. Yeah, yeah, that that would be excellent. Um, and you know, we you know we share our data with uh, you know search and rescue services, things like that. I know that you know in the past the NTSB's used it for accident investigations, um, you know, re recreation of flight paths, stuff like that. So uh, it, it, it and has on a that sort of. Mm -hmm. On that sort of theme, what's the sort of most interesting uh, sort of request or use that you've had for for your data? <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like every day there's a, quite an interesting one that comes up. Um, you know, I mean, we recently had the Italian authorities reach out to us about that PC-12 that, that crashed in Milan. Uh, mm. I don't know, that was maybe a year ago now. Um, you know, I, 
one, one interesting uh, interaction we had is I, I, you know, I got an email from uh, somebody who claimed to represent, you know, uh, somebody, uh, an Italian resident who wanted their plane removed from, from the site, which, you know, of course we don't do. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked and, and, you know, it's all from a lawyer and everything, blah, blah, blah. So I look up the, the tail number of this plane that they're requesting to have removed. And it turns out this is a plane that's flown by what many describe as a, a Libyan warlord who's actually <laughs> accused of, of war crimes and, oh my goodness. you know, all kinds of things. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do you a favor and hide this guy's <laughs> plane, <laughs> you know, it's just not what we hmm. do. So, you know, sometimes uh, interesting things will 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 pop up. Uh, I know in that particular situation, there was a uh, an organization. We work with an organization called C4ADS. They're kind of an NGO that takes this type of data, you know, also for for ships and boats and, you know, all, all this data. And they merge it together to try to, to do some some good in the world and, and, and prevent some things. But, uh, you know, they actually identified an instance where somebody was you know, smuggling gold into Venezuela on their jet and, and they were going back and forth to Libya or something like that. Uh, it, it was really kind of, you know, this cloak and dagger operation. Mm. And, and it's always interesting when you can, you know, uh, expose that through, uh, through, you know, the sort of the big data that, that, that we've got. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of interesting things like that. And, and, you know, certainly with this uh, Ukraine situation that's going on, I mean, you know, terrible situation, obviously, but, uh, you know, you see things like governments trying to send a signal. Like, for example, you'll see, um, you know, those Global Hawk drones flying over there. And, you know, before the invasion, they were flying over Ukraine. And then after, they're just around the border. And you, you know that the U.S. government wants the other side to know that they're there because the transponders are on mm. and broadcasting. And, and it's interesting. I mean, at the beginning of the war, we actually saw... Um, a, a re- refueling plane flying a refueling track and then you see this f-35 come in and then and then they join up and then you know they're like basically merged on the screen and they're refueling and they're going around and then the f-35 splits off and you know flies some patrols right by the border and, and i mean you just know that they're broadcasting all this um you know because they want to be seen and they want to you know sort of advertise their presence mm. uh, you know obviously if they don't want to be seen, they would, they would turn it off, but, but just kind of watching this stuff is, is, is very interesting. And you never know what you're going to see from day to day. Mm. So. Like they say the theater of war, it's a, a bit of a show, isn't it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been a lot of talk about the Russian oligarchs and all their private jets and how they want to track them down. Have you guys had any requests for like, where is this plane or can you tell us where it, where it last flew or whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we certainly get get requests like that from the media sometimes, uh, you know, quite often. Well, really, for all this information that they're requesting, if you know what plane you're looking for, if you know the tail number, you just go to our site and search for it. And, Mm. and, you know, it'll show you the last time that that it was that it was seen. You You can go through the history tab and kind of scroll back day by day and see where we've detected, uh, you know, an individual plane. So the data is really all there. Um, up on the site. And I know that it is used by media organizations and, 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 you know, folks that monitor this. In fact, somebody on Twitter, and I think, I think we retweeted it, created a link because you can customize the links with all the planes you're looking for. They, they actually made a link with all 100 
at the time, 100 sanctioned aircraft, right? And you mm-hmm. can click on the link and see where they all are at the current time, which <laughs> which is which is kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we we specialize in gathering and, and distributing the data. What people do with it beyond that is, you know, kind of up to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see what people do with data when you present it to them. I've seen like other, I don't know, example off the top of my head, but you see like somebody will give this and somebody will just take something that you wouldn't have even expected mm, out of it. So. I have to say it's great work you guys are doing, Dan, and it's really lovely to catch up with you. You've been so generous with your time. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about you guys or you know what your plans are for the future before we wrap this up? Um, well, you know, we've got some interesting stuff coming down the line that, that you know, folks will see relatively soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's about all I can say at this point. And, you know, I would say we're always looking for more participants and, and folks to send us data no matter where you're located. So, you know, there's instructions on the site. Just log in. And if you like tinkering with electronics and things, then, then you know, that's the place for you. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you, Dan. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks, Thomas. I think that's all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of our podcast and welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye.